This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Number one, that the word of the Lord may run swiftly. Swiftly. In the Greek, it means to, to speed on, with, to make progress, to move on. And that's his prayer. And saints, this is applicable for us today. We need to constantly need to pray for the gospel of Jesus Christ to move in our community, in our nation, in our cities, in our families, in our churches, with our neighbors and with our friends. We need the gospel to move swiftly and effectively. Are you taking part in the Great Commission? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Eddie, he explains to you that God desires for each and every one of his disciples to share in the spreading of the good news. Take inventory of the circles of influence that the Lord has blessed you with. Pastor Eddie encourages you to be sharing the gospel with those within your influence. Share with them and shine the loving light of Jesus. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 as he begins his message, an exhortation to proper living and to benediction. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Paul writes, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly, and not according to tradition which he has received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, But we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day, that we may not be a burden to any of you, not because we don't have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. For even when we were with you, we command you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you who a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him, that he may be ashamed. Yet, Do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. 
the salutation of Paul with my own hand, which is a sign in every epistle. So I write, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Now, Paul closes his letter to the believers there in Thessalonica. Now, in light of the rapture, and this applies for you and I, in light of the rapture has not taken place yet. The church is still here, right? In light of the rapture, in light of the judgment of Christ, the great tribulation, Paul instructs the Thessalonians, and he instructs you and I, and how we are to conduct ourselves in anticipation of his coming. And so, in verses 1 through 5, Paul will call us to prayer. That's in verses 1 through 5. In verses 6 through 15, Paul gives an exhortation on proper Christian living. That's in verses 6 through 15. And then the rest of the letter, in verses 16 to 18, Paul gives us his final greetings, okay? And so we read our text. Now let us study our text verse by verse. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 1. Paul writes, Finally, brethren, pray for us. Pray for us. And this is the Apostle Paul. We're talking about one of the greatest apostles who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. He is asking for prayer, and, and that really puts things in perspective. We all need prayer, all of us. But one thing for sure, when you're a leader or a pastor, and as we pray for Debbie and, and Pat, when them, not that they're pastors, but they oversee a ministry, the enemy is going to attack. We need prayer. I know for me, we, I need prayer. I constantly need prayer. There is a spiritual stronghold, a warfare that's taking place, and the enemy knows, as with any opposition, they want to eliminate the leader. And you look at history of war. If you want to be successful in any war, you want to defeat an army, you have to go and first go for the leader. You know, because we have a big bullseye on our shirts or on our backs, and the enemy knows that if he could attack Pastor Eddie, guess what would happen to Calvary Chapel of Milford? Many of you have been in the body of Christ. You've seen many great men, pastors, and leaders who have fallen. And what they have left, they're left with a lot of sheep who have scattered. You remember before Jesus was arrested and he was crucified, he says to his disciples, and is actually fulfilling one of the prophecies spoken of by Zechariah. Jesus said in, in Matthew 26, verse 31, it says, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, he's quoting Zechariah, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock would scatter. And you know the Gospels. After Jesus was arrested and crucified, the disciples, what they do? They scattered. And that's what happens. As a pastor, uh, we need prayer. I don't, want this to t- I don't want this to be about me. But sticking to what Paul, looking at a man like Paul, Paul is a man of prayer. He's a man of prayer. You look at all his epistles and the word prayer is, ma- is mentioned so many times. But he himself is asking for prayer. And I know I speak for my wife and I that we covered, we covered and appreciate your prayer. So please continue to pray for myself and any other pastor that you know, uh, that, at least for me, that I may, you know, I may be obedient, faithful, and stay the course of Christ. The one thing I do ask when, to pray for me, especially in the area of me dying. You've heard me before this, right? If I am dying on my deathbed, don't pray for God to <laughs> resurrect me. Don't pray for God to keep me alive because if I'm on my deathbed, and as Chuck Smith was saying, and I am 
almost there. I see Jesus. I see the heavens and I'm running to Jesus and poof, I'm going to see you. I'm going to be upset. I am not afraid to die. I am not afraid to die. A Christian shouldn't be afraid to die because we're ready to die. Those who are not. And so just pray for God's will. Pray for God's will. Now, Paul prayer requests, one thing is not selfish. We're going to see. It's not a selfish prayer request. It's not about me, myself, and I. And Paul is not going to pray for his needs or wants, but his prayer request has to do with God and his word to effectively move throughout his ministry. And so let's look. He's going to pray for three areas, three areas. Let's look at verse 1 again. He says, finally, brethren, pray for us. Number one, that the word of the Lord may run swiftly. Swiftly. In the Greek, it means to, to speed on, with, to make progress, to move on. And that's his prayer. And saints, this is applicable for us today. We need to constantly need to pray for the gospel of Jesus Christ to move in our community, in our nation, in our cities, in our families, in our churches, with our neighbors and with our friends. We need the gospel to move swiftly and effectively. You know, this nation, as we see this world, is so divided, so lost, so confused. There are people who are depressed and suffering without hope and not realizing there is hope. There is hope in Jesus Christ. If there's ever a time to share the gospel and for it to move swiftly, it is now. It is now. And and what this world has gone through with the COVID virus and everything else, you know, people are home. They're depressed. They're without hope. And we have hope. We have it. We need to share it. We need to share the hope of Jesus Christ more than the government is pushing vaccination. Because we know that only Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ, one can be saved. What good is saving the life if you're going to hell? We need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we need to redeem the time. This is what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16. He says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And we need to pray that the, that the gospel will come. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is the great commission for all Christians. It needs to move swiftly. This is a command, by the way. Jesus said, oh, when you have time, see if you could just share the gospel and make disciples. When you have time, you know. Or maybe not this year, okay, maybe next year. It's a command. And so the gospel and the word of God needs to move swiftly. And this is an Old Testament uh, uh, scripture as well. In Psalms 147, verse 15, it says, He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. That's his first prayer. It's not a selfish prayer. It's something that we ought to pray. His second prayer is at the end of verse 1. He says, And to be glorified just as it is with you. To be glorified. In other words, he wants the word of God to be praised, to be honored, to be exalted. That's his second prayer request, that it may be honored. The word today is not being honored. The word, as a matter of fact, in some churches are not being preached or taught. There's a lot of motivational speaking. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of entertainment. As Charles Spurgeon said, the day will come, and it already has come, when instead of, instead of the shepherd feeding the sheep, you got clowns entertaining the goats. And it's the truth. We need to honor the word of God that it may be glorified. He said, it may be glorious just as it's with you. 
the, the, the Thessalonians were known to share the gospel. Was the gospel moved swiftly with the Thessalonian believers? Absolutely. Paul only spent three Sabbaths, three weeks with them in Acts chapter 17 tells us. Didn't have much to disciple them. But they were a thriving church. They were growing even in the midst of persecution. Their faith, they were known for their faith. They were known for their love in the midst of persecution. We don't know what persecution is here in the West, in America. We don't know what that is. But they were growing. Was it working with the Thessalonians? Absolutely. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. Matter of fact, Paul acknowledges in his first letter to the Thessalonians. He says, from, it said, for from you, the word of the Lord has sound forth like a blast. Not only in Macedonia or Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith towards God has gone out. Everybody knew them. So that we do not need to say anything. Hey, we were planning a trip over there, but guess what? You guys already uh, shared the gospel in that area. And so they were known for that. So he prayed. That's his second prayer. Thirdly, his third prayer is in verse 2. Let's look at verse 2. He says, and that we, Paul speaking of himself, he's talking about Silas and Timothy, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. So his third prayer is that the missionary team of Paul, Timothy, and Silas would be delivered, rescued from unreasonable and wicked men. Most likely, Paul is referring to those who, the angry mob in Acts chapter 17, that were following Paul, and everywhere he went, they were angry at Paul. Because Paul, whenever he traveled, if you look in the back of your Bibles, you do have maps in the back of your Bibles, not the back of your phone. You probably have Mickey Mouse or your picture of your family. But in the back of your Bibles, you have those maps, and it shows Paul's first missionary journey. The second one, he goes further. His third missionary journey, he goes third. It goes, it goes all the way around. I mean, he's all over uh, Asia Minor, Rome. But he continued, they were following him. But when Paul would travel, he always went to the synagogue first. He went to the Jews first. Not because the Jews were special, but because the Jews were waiting thousands of years for the Messiah. And he, going in with the heart and the attitude, say, listen, these guys have been waiting for the Messiah through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I have found the Messiah. Jesus Christ came. He died on the cross. He rose. He fulfilled all 300 Messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. I'm going to go to the synagogue and share it with the fellow Jews. Some accepted, and most of them didn't. And so they didn't hate Paul because of Paul. They hated Paul because of the gospel. Because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, people don't hate you because they don't like the way you comb your hair. Not because of the way you look. If you share the gospel of Jesus Christ, people are going to hate you, not because of you, because of Jesus Christ. It's not you, but the Jesus in you that they hate. And that's what happened with Paul. And so what happens is now when you speak and share the gospel, what you're going to have, either you're going to have people going to accept the gospel or they become, as Paul says, unreasonable and wicked. You share the gospel. Many of you who do share the gospel, you know what I'm talking about. You get some people who accept the truth of the gospel and praise God that they do. But then you get people who say, oh, I don't want to listen. Just like as Debbie said earlier when she first heard the gospel. Eh. And then unreasonable. And then you get people who are wicked. And so it's because of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. You could talk about any subject anywhere. You talk about traveling. You could talk about sports, science, and depending on politics, what geographical area you're in. But 
You can talk about anything, but talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Unreasonable, wicked men. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it because of Jesus. Now, they might be reasonable if you say God. If you use the word God, you, you might get them. 50-50, you probably get them. But here's the difference, because there are many gods. But when you say Jesus Christ, that's when you probably find out most of the unreasonable and wicked people. Because Jesus changes everything. You say God, there's a lot of gods. What God are you talking about? Okay, God, yeah, God, God, yeah. Mother, God is this universe. God is that tree. God is the plant. You know, I had one guy say, went into the church and we were in town. He said, God is everything. God is here. God is the floor. I said, why would I want to worship the floor? What kind of God is that? So when you mention Jesus, it changes everything because it talks about the blood. It talks about repentance. It talks about submitting your life. It changes everything. So this is what, what, what Paul is praying for. Listen, we're going to share the gospel. We want it to move swiftly. We want it to be honored. And we want to be rescued from unreasonable people. It's one thing when people don't want to hear the gospel. It's another thing when they stop people from sharing the gospel. And unreasonable, wicked men. So that's the prayer. And that should be our prayer when we share the gospel. Pray that the, the word of God removes swiftly that it will be respected and honored and that those that you're sharing the gospel with will receive it and not be unreasonable or wicked. And now he's talking about, uh, he says, he says for, all, for not all have faith. Not all have faith. He's not talking about Christians. He's talking about unbelievers. Every single one of us who have been born again, who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, a person, a Savior, we have faith. And a measure of faith might be different, but here's the thing. God gives us a measure of faith. It tells us, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul says this. God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. A measure of faith. So Paul's speaking about unbelievers. He said, verse 3, he said, but the Lord is faithful. You see the contrast here. Uh, the contrast between the end of verse 2 and, and, and verse 3. In the end of verse 2, he says, not all have faith, that's 2, but the Lord is faithful. Verse 3. God is faithful. Our trust is not in man. Our trust is in the Lord. Our faith is in Christ. And we need to look away from faithless, faithless men people and place our faith in Jesus Christ. One thing for sure, we, we, we sang the song, Great is Your Faithfulness. I don't think we understand what it means, how great His faithfulness is. Quite often we're thankful for the things that we see that God does for us. But we never really stop and think, you know, there are things that God has done for me I did not see. And I know that every time that I come to Him, He's faithful. First John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. I love that. I don't have it up there, but this is for the Christian. This is what we, that verse is called the Christian bar soap. Because we're not perfect. John is writing to believers. says, if you say you don't sin, he's talking to Christians, you make him a liar. We all, we don't practice sin. We're not sinners in the sense that we don't practice sin. We've been saved by that. But we do fail. We do fall. We do sin. But when we do, the Bible says he is faithful to forgive. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. You know what that means? It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter how many times you're struggling with that sin. He said he is faithful. I don't know what that means to you, but that means a lot to me. 
I have an advocate. His name is Jesus Christ. And when, they, when Satan, who loves to bring condemnation, there's no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ, we go to that verse and we say, you know what? He's faithful. No matter, no matter when I come to him, how often I come to him, he's faithful. He's faithful. But Pastor Eddie, you don't understand. No, listen, he's faithful. But no, get on your knees, repent. He's going to forgive you. He's faithful. He's faithful. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Verse 3, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. He will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Saints, listen, we're on the winning side. We're, I don't know if you read your Bible, but in the end, we win. Whether you die of natural causes or whatever, you win. Whether Christ comes from the church, you win. We win. We're on the winning side. We belong to God or Almighty, and God establishes his own, and he guards his own. God is faithful to strengthen you and to guard you from the evil one. Who is the evil one? I like in the book of Revelation, it gives all four his name. He is the old serpent. He is the dragon. He's the devil. He is saying himself, that's the evil one. Greek definite, definite article, the, 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 is the evil one. He's not a evil one, the, speaking of Satan himself. Now with that said, now with that said, we understand where we are positionally in Christ. But with that said, understand this. As sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, that does not mean that we are exempt from natural disasters. We're not exempt from sicknesses, illnesses, regardless of what the prosperity teachers tell you on the TV channel. The TV evangelist, oh, you don't need to be sick. No, if you're sick, you have a sin in your life. Really? Okay. What about you? And it make you feel like you're doing something wrong. Hey, read Job. Job lost everything. He had the three greatest counselors with him. And those of you who laugh, you know, because they weren't one of the great counselors. They said, what did you do, Job? What did you do? Did you tithe? Did you what? Come on. Did, did you go to church Sunday? We're not exempt from discrimination, detention, or even death. However, however, what God does promise here in his word, he would not allow Satan to go beyond a certain line that he has drawn himself with, a, with his hand. Satan has boundaries. Again, look at Job. You remember Job. Remember when the Lord said to Satan about Job, he said, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on earth and no one fears God and shuns evil. Satan said, yeah, you put the wall of protection around him. It's good to know that God still does that. The book of 1 Timothy is encouraging and inspiring. From one well-seasoned missionary to another, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, spurring a younger pastor on to great things. Isn't it great to live life in community with others so that you can mutually encourage others you're walking alongside? Even though Paul and Timothy weren't in the same area very often, these letters kept them united in the cause of Christ. We hope that you have this type of uniting with other believers. If you don't, we'd like you to know how to connect with us here. 
Go to our website at runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church that supports this ministry. At Calvary Chapel of Milford, we'd love to meet you this weekend and join with you in being part of a church family. Worshiping God and studying His Word together is something that should be done in community. To find out more, once again, our website is runningtheraceradio.com. We pray that Pastor Eddie's message on running the race has been helpful for you today. We'd like you to know that we pray for you regularly here at Running the Race, and we're so glad you're one of our listeners. If you'd like to hear this message again, you can find it at runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, feel free to listen to other messages from this series or download them to take with you on the go. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. That's all we have for today. But join us again for more as Pastor Eddie teaches from 1 Timothy on running the race.